ultimately in a cup competition, it's about being successful to get through to the next round because in every game you're going to play in a knockout comp. You know, it's going to take something on the day to get it done. Sometimes you can, you know, that can be something conventional. Sometimes it's unconventional or something special like tonight. But as long as it gets the job done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The reason that I'm here is because, you know, the club is seeking change. He said, well, whether you come or not, you're going to see a completely different first team under me. You know, my hope and my desire and what I'm going to try and do is give our supporters hope and, and belief that we're, um, you know, we're going to embark on something special. Welcome into the Tottenham Depot. I am your host, Andrew. You can follow me at a Stetka. You can follow us at Tottenham Depot. This is episode 159, and we have got a lot to cover. It is, of course, early January. There's FA Cup. There's transfer rumors. There are, unfortunately, more injuries to discuss, too. Uh, but there's, there's so much to discuss, and we've got so much uh, exciting uh, rumors and I just want to throw it out to our friend TC. He is at TC underscore Cachot. Todd, how are you feeling on this fine Sunday? You know, any day that you can talk about getting through a, a third round tie, obviously the fourth round of the FA Cup, not for everyone in North London, uh, is a good fucking day, sir. Scott is also with us. He is at Scott G. Bird on Twitter. Scott, what's going on, man? Transfer season, man. I'm thriving. I'm in my element. <laughs> Just ready to talk about all kinds of hypothetical, theoretical scenarios and rumors and all of that, man. Let's roll. I really forgot how much of a transfer fiend you are, and that is um, bad news for me because obviously I don't really swim in those waters. But Well, this is time, a transfer pod, is it not? Well, we're going to talk about the FA Cup first, I think. I think that ha- that, that takes precedence. Well, no, no, but, I'm just um, saying, in general, like one of our main topics on this podcast are, are, are transfers, are they not? It's going to by your, certainly going to By your direction, be. Andrew. Just it's certainly going to have to be. And uh, look, there's plenty to discuss. Um, before we get on to that, we have Caroline with us as well. We're going to transfer her into the podcast and introduce her as well. She is at CG Stefco. Caroline, what's going on with you? I'm hanging in there, you know, much like the team did against Burnley for a lot of that game. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm not a huge transfer junkie, but I think I'm enjoying it a little more on the women's side this year, just because there's been so much activity for once. Um, I don't know. On the men's side, it's it's just you never know what you can trust, so that always drives me crazy. But I'm I'm excited for us to hopefully start signing some players on the men's side as well. Yeah, the, 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 the biggest evidence of you don't know who you can trust is just all the rumors that have swirled this weekend that really kind of appear to be true for the most part. But also, I'm taking every one of them with a grain of salt. Who knows if any of them are going to come to fruition? We'll get to it. Don't worry. For you transfer for fiends like Scott, 
We will get to it. But I want to talk about Tottenham Hotspur 1, Burnley nil because Pedro Poro just completely saved us, I guess, in some ways. And um, Todd, let's start with you, man. What what was your thoughts on just this result as a whole and the performance as a whole? Because this was a little bit of a slog, but also it's the FA Cup and it's Burnley. And I feel like, in a way, I kind of expected it to be that way. Yeah, I don't know that I could have said it any better. It was 100% a slog, as most matches against Burnley are. Um, this is this was a rotated side to some degree. This was um, everybody just trying to make it through with a, a, a bit of a rotated side. Obviously, with the Sun not there, with Sar and Basuma in, in Afcon. Um, I kind of knew it was going to be a bit of a slog, and we'll come on to this. But just the way that I looked at, at how the front three set up, um, you know, it didn't. It it wasn't uh, particularly spicy in attack. We'll say it that way. I would I would tend to agree with that. Um, it, it felt like they were missing. Honestly, something in the midfield um, for most of the game. I, I thought that, you know, the, there was something about the Lacelso skip Bentoncourt trio in the midfield that for most of the game, and especially the first half, just wasn't particularly getting the job done. Um, Scott, what, did, what, what was your takeaway from this, this whole thing? Because this was like we're, we're kind of discussing here. It was a little bit of a slog, but also like Burnley, FA Cup, early January, rota- you know, Still, still dealing with a lot of injuries and suspensions and international departures. Like this, this felt like a one to just kind of get through, and they did. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you don't have Son, and of course, we don't have Madison Van de Ven. We know that, but first time without Son is going to be a bit of a challenge. And for me, for me, I just think the midfield wasn't up to snuff, like like you just alluded to. I think the there was no cohesion. Oftentimes. I'm not sure what Lacelso's position was. He was all over the place. Skip is just kind of there. Unfortunately, I'm a huge Skip fan, but I just I don't know necessarily what what he what he does other than just occupy space, right? And I think we saw that a lot against Burnley. So, um, yeah, no issues, right? We got the win. It is what it is. But I think the draft performance really is down to the midfield for me. Yeah, I'll kind of echo and and double click on what you say about Skip. I've I've definitely thought that at times he's he's kind of lucky to be English, and I hate to be so harsh in saying it that way, but like he mm-hmm. this team might have given up on him if they didn't need the the numbers a little while ago. I, I'm I'm and I hate saying that he's a homegrown boy and I love no, it. No, 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 that is recency biased. Stop it. On this podcast, less than a year ago, we were saying that Oliver Skip is what everybody wishes Harry Winks was going to be when Harry Winks came up. The problem is, is that with Skip, just like Hoybier, it is they are very capable midfielders in a system other than this one. They just don't fit. Well, that's and that's kind of what I mean when I say I don't think he's long for this. It's it's you, you talk about a year ago and how we were discussing him. Sure, that was also under a different manager in a different system. I think he would look better in a more defensive system like we were playing under either Conte or Mourinho. But I don't think. Well, I mean, yeah, that's exactly my point. Right. I just don't think. He's I, long I don't for think that it it's talent. Yeah. No, I agree. I just I don't think that it's talent related. I think that it's system related. And I think you could say the same thing about Hoybier, which is the reason why we're hearing things like 
Juventus and Hoybier in the same sentence. Hoybier and Ph, they they're very similar in in what they offer. I think I, I think Ph. Wait, 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 wait. Hoybier and Ph. Wait, what did you say? No, no, no. Because Hoybier and Ph offer the exact same thing. It's fucking. I agree. I agree with Todd. Literally apples to apples, but no, thank you, Skip and Peh. Okay, I was just making sure we were on the same page. What they offer is very is very similar, I think, and and in in a Conte system, right? They they may be able to do a job, but we're, they're asked to do a lot more. I mean, you look at you look at at um, Pop Star, for example, he was kind of non-existent in the previous two setups, right, and, and couldn't sniff out minutes, and now he's the fulcrum if you if you will so it, mm-hmm. it's all system related with skip but unfortunately i mean i i love skip i've been such a huge oliver skip fan from from very early days but i just i just don't don't see what he does for the system and again this pod is not designed to bash on oliver skip he's a he's a hell of a young man but yeah. um for me the performance again was just down to a midfield that wasn't doing a whole lot of anything and couldn't really get Benteker on the ball enough in my in my opinion I mean there's a highlight reel where you see him making some pretty some pretty fancy passes but a highlight reel is no more than that right he just wasn't getting on the ball enough and when that happens mm-hmm. when you when you can't get your six on the ball to to to, to switch the play <clears throat> move the ball side to side it makes it really hard to progress the ball and I think there's there's a lot of talk about a, the front three being poor but when your midfield's that poor, you can't really expect anything from the front three, right? The front three only eats if the midfield is performing, and it was just, you know, uh, an underwhelming performance in the middle. But, again, we got the win, so fuck it. Caroline, where, where are you at with this? Where was the slog in it for you? Because we, we were talking about midfield, you know, a lot of all our, all our skip, and we're not trying to put it all on him. There was a lot going wrong in this for, for a while. But what about for, for you? Why was this such a slog to get this one nil? I think I agree with the points that y'all made about Skip for sure. You know, there were, there were times in the game where I just forgot he was starting, uh, which is not a good thing by any means. Um, and the game was just kind of passing him by. But I honestly feel like we, despite that, we still had some decent buildup play and where it was kind of falling apart was in the final third. And a lot of that really was just down to poor finishing, you know, from, well, I, I would say Richie and, and Brennan especially because um, they were getting the majority of the, the chances. But it, at the same time, I, I felt like at halftime, it's not that it had been a bad performance. It was just missing finishing product, you know? Well, I agree with you. And I thought that what I felt like to, to what Scott and I were talking about with the midfield, the, ha- the, almost halftime change. I felt like it should have come at halftime. It didn't come until about the 58th minute, but the change that was made when Brian Heal came on for LaCelso moved Kulusevski back into the midfield. I thought that opened things up a lot more. Um, and in well, the second half, I thought it was a little bit of a different story and, and the chances were, were, were even flowing a little faster for Spurs. I, I, I certainly agree with that. But, and as I mentioned in the chat on this, I think a big part of that was that they rotated Brennan to the other side. I don't like him on the left. I just don't. I, I've said that. And I think um, I, I think rotating Kulusevsky back in the middle and rotating Brennan back to the right made a huge difference. Um, Heel, on the other hand, uh, you know, I, I've been very quiet about Brian um, for m- more than any other reason because I wasn't sure. So I, I didn't want to say anything. But what I've seen this season from Brian is that um, he's meant to play in Spain. 
And I don't mean that condescendingly. I just mean that in the sense that I want him to be successful. And when I'm watching third rate defenders knock him off the ball, that just says to me that he's not physically capable to play in this league on a consistent basis. And that's not a knock on him. It's just facts are facts. Like we, we all have our level. I totally agree with you. And I don't think, um, but by the way, like kudos to you for just not saying something. If you don't <laughs> feel it or believe it, or if you're, if you don't feel sure, like not a lot of people do that. They just feel like they have to say whatever because it's the, yeah. the, the takey thing to do. Um, but I totally agree with you. And, and that's not to say that he can't come on like he did and loosen things up. Uh, it just in the formation and and do a job that way. But I think you're right. He's just not long for not only this system, but I, I think you're right when you say this, this league and just the yeah. size that he is and, and the ability that he has. But that said, those chances that were kind of opened up, I mean, it, it eventually like, it was one of those games to me, Caroline, that like it's FA cup. It's a rotated Burnley side. It's a cold January game. And all of a sudden, like the dam was going to have to break if you continue to beat on it. And they finally, finally did with what I'm just going to say is going to be tough to beat for the goal of the season. Like truly, um, no matter how, like whether it this turns into an FA Cup run, like to the final or God forbid winning it, like this goal will stand as at the end of the season as just a, a an absolute firecracker from Pedro Poro. Yeah, Patrick Bamford did put in a good contender today though i have to say that, um, he that was a fire. little bit of competition but in a yeah pink it, hit too like a boss it was yeah it was pretty vibey um that goal but i think that with pedro we've been waiting for him to get one of those goals all season and in fact i was astounded that this was his first goal of the campaign um it, it feels like he's been so involved in the attack the entire season that for this to be his first goal was pretty crazy um, but it's also ironic that it came right after Richarlison had, I, I don't even know how to describe what he was doing out there. <laughs> um, just a total <laughs> like brain fart moment where he seemed to like shut down completely. Um, but luckily Pedro was on the ball and, you know, the keeper made a bit of a mistake and we were able to capitalize on that. So it's, you know, like I said, it wasn't necessarily a bad performance from us, but the fact that our only goal came from this sort of you know, worldy opportunity is, I don't know, maybe concerning. Um, yeah, I don't know. And the fact that this was a FA Cup game meant that I didn't feel like I could relax <laughs> even after the goal went in. No, and of course not. it's funny, it's funny because all season, the one kind of complaint that I've had about Ange is his substitution strategy and like mostly the timing of the subs. And that he made that triple substitution when we still had like seven minutes left. I was like, yeah. Ooh, I, I don't know about this. And um, so I was nervous for like the entire, you know, closing stages of the game. Um, yeah. I, I mean, think we, we had Dane Scarlett, Jamie Donnelly and Ryan Sessegnon come onto the pitch with like seven minutes left in a one nil that is. And, and for Richie Brennan Johnson and Rodrigo Benson like, I don't know, man, that's a lot of, uh, a lot of change for a lot of youth or a lot of, I guess, inexperience or recent experience to say the least. And I, I totally echo what you're saying there. Um, I, that was like, it was nerve wracking, but again, you, you got to get these, like some of these guys, something, 
Uh, we'll come on to to Dane Scarlett and 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 that appearance. It, it was him on the bench. It was like there were some some new names popping in and out here. But Scott, what was your take on like is Pedro Porro just is he player of the season for this team thus far? We I know we talked about this a few weeks ago, but like it just feels like he's more and more solidifying himself as the dude for this for this campaign thus far. Yeah, he's been incredible. Um, not only for the system, but just his individual play too. He doesn't doesn't put a foot wrong. And I think what we see on the offensive end of the field, the productivity, you know, the change creation, which there's been a lot of that. I don't have the stats in front of me, but how many long balls is he putting right in front of somebody making a run? Um, but it's really his defense for me that – is so impressive. He's really improved defensively in my opinion. And, you know, we're not there every day in training, so who knows, but from, from the 10,000 foot view from the surface, if we say I, his defense has uh, compared to last season to now has just improved tremendously. So I, I got to give him a lot of credit. Whoever's working with him gets a ton of credit, but ultimately it's, it's him for putting the work in and, improving his game defensively because he is he is solid from front to back and um in my opinion like you said player of the season maybe the biggest reason we're doing so well right now is him and Udogi um those two fullbacks and the way that they they play the way that's asked of them in the system has been phenomenal TC but um who's your player of the season is it Poro to this point it's Kulisevsky Okay. You guys, you guys don't want to talk about it, and that's fine. Oh, uh, I'll it, talk it, about it, it. I will. No, it, it's it's Kulisevsky. He's the only reason why we've been able to uh, keep the continuity that we've had in this team from defense to attack, despite all the injuries. In my opinion, I I I, I don't mind the shout, my friend. I I will talk about it. I think there. I think the cool thing about this season is that there are so many candidates for that distinction at this point i mean uh, some people would say vicario like i, I yeah, think that's he would fair. be that's fair he would be in i think shot. he would at least be in the top three to five of if we're going to discuss it we can discuss it um you know scott brought up a dogie's name and i think he's right along along with you know there's been a little bit of the the the, the, <laughs> the bookings business which we could discuss but like yeah, with, with Adogi, but i mean but but, but stuff yeah. happens so um well yeah, with but, this spurs team clearly we're gonna we're gonna leave the bookings out of it, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, and, and the reason why I say that is because I don't necessarily think that we've gotten a fair shake when it comes to the bookings this year. So I don't necessarily want to have that conversation, other than to say that it's a thing and that it uh, could be addressed accordingly. Um, so fair we'll enough. And, and and you know the and you know the name we haven't even brought up in this discussion is Youngman's son, who is obviously like you know. Is he good? Well, he, I don't know. Yeah, he might be uh, kind of good. Yeah. <laughs> I have to say, Sonny would have been my my choice for player of the season so far, just because I think what is it, twelve goals, five assists? That kind of speaks for itself. Um, he's he's been, I think, our most consistent forward. But I do think Vicario was also a very good shout because I think there are some games where we don't pick up the points that we picked up without his, you know, just. He came out of nowhere, essentially, for most of us. And I think that really speaks to how transformative he has been to our team. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. But about those points, I would argue the exact same thing about Kulusevsky. Yeah, that's it's all fair. 
Um, I didn't mean to turn this into a whole who's the player of the season discussion, but I'm glad I'm kind of glad we did it because it is nice to reflect on some of the good as we, you know, plot along in this season that still is a long way to go. And we kind of take a step back and recognize, hey, who's who's gotten us here to this point? So I do think that that is kind of nice um, in, in talking about Sun, are, Caroline, are we are we worried at all about like what this team looked like in attack without Sun up there? obviously away at the Asian cup and will be for probably about the next month. Um, and while the game load is not like drastic over the next few weeks, like where, where are we at with that? Is, is I know this is only one game and we can't like make a grand assumption, but, and against a team that was packing it in, but is there any concern for you in terms of where are the goals going to come from? Where is the attack going to come from over the next few weeks? Oh, I know what Todd wants me to say, but I think uh-huh. that, that would be getting ahead of the uh, the running order of the pod. <laughs> so I'll, I'll save that. In one terms of how, let me let me let me let me reword it. In terms of players who we've seen and 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 are we're on the pitch perhaps the other night. <laughs> where's our comfort level? Yeah, I I don't feel too concerned because I think Richarlison is going to do a perfectly acceptable job. Like I said in this game, his finishing really was not there, but. I, he's making all the right moves, the right choices. Like it's, it's going to come and it has been, I mean, he has been in really good form up until this past game. So for me, he's not a concern. And I think Dane Scarlett coming back from his loan, he's a solid option to play 10 minutes at the end of a game. Um, you know, it's the problem I think with Sun being out is that it does kind of alter how much flexibility we have across the forward line just because he and Richie both, you know, are kind of flexible in terms of playing striker or on the wing. Um, and, you know, we've talked about well, Brennan Johnson having to play on the left side where we don't really prefer to see him. So to that extent, it is a little problematic, but I think we're going to get through this period just fine. Um, if we can get the midfield <laughs> looking a little more consistent, because for me, that's, that's the other thing is just, LaCelso, I just want him to have two good games in a row. That's all I want. Um, I think that would make a world of difference. <laughs> I I can't disagree with any of that. Um, is there, guys? Is there anything else that we want to specifically address from this game before we start broadening this conversation to some of those other potential options that that, that we were chuckling about a moment ago? Um, is there anything that we can take from it? I, we, we do know that we're recording this before the draw for the next round, which happens on Monday. Um, so we will learn the next opponent. That comes up in a couple of weeks. I think it's about three weeks until the next round, uh, kind of tail end of January. Um, we do, as, as Todd mentioned, we do know Arsenal is out. They, they lost to Liverpool earlier today. So... What a shame for them. But um, I, I did think the other only notable thing from this game was, was and notable I put in like the the least important quotation marks, but, um, but Rodrigo Bentacor was wearing the armband in this one. I think a lot of people might have expected it to be Ben Davis. But no, just and, you. Okay, maybe just me. But Ange, after the, or before the match or after the match, there was a quote from him saying, basically saying the captaincy was not really important for this match, that Sonny is the captain and others, you know, everybody was going to have to step up. And I thought that was kind of telling too as to, okay, maybe it didn't really matter all that much. He just, you know, wanted the armband on Pentacore for whatever reason. I mean, you say that, but I think a big portion of the fact that that was his position is that the two vice captains were also not on the pitch. Right. So I think if they were, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. 
but 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 because the fact that they weren't is why we are and and that's that, well, I, I know mean, that was a so little bit of a discussion was, point going it, you know no, but i mean he just he said it was a, a reward for the 18 months he's been through last i appreciate the hell out of that it doesn't make much of a difference everybody appreciates that as well sonny's the captain of this team everybody knows where the leadership hierarchy with this squad falls and it's all love well, and to be fair, there is a video going around of the pre-match huddle in which Ben Davis is very clearly giving a pep talk to the rest of the team. So I think it fits with Ange's overall philosophy about leadership, which is that it should be diffused throughout the squad. So it wasn't all on Ben Tinker, you know, to be providing that leadership in this game. I think you also had it from Davis. Um, you probably had it from Richarlison to an extent in the forward line. So I think that's all good. I, I, I don't think there's much of a discussion. I just thought it was something I would note as we kind of wrap up talking about the game itself. Before we come out of transfers, I do want to run down some of the injury updates that we have um, as we record this on the 7th uh, Sunday, just to, to kind of like give everyone an idea of, of where, because there's been a lot of moving parts in the last week between transfer discussions, between injury updates. Um, basically the big one coming out of this game is that after the match Ange did say that Ben Davis quote, did his hamstring. That's not good, obviously, although there is the, and look, we all know how much I love Ben Davis. Like we, I've talked about this ad nauseum on this podcast. If you're a new listener, I, hi, Andrew, I love Ben Davis. He's one of my favorites. I, I've, I've always loved the guy. The, the season he's having is bringing me all the joy. If he's, if he's gone down and quote, done his hamstring, at the very least, this team did have Mickey Van Deven back on the bench for this game on Friday. He has been training with the team. You would expect maybe a start for him is in the cards once this team gets to Manchester United next week. Um, so that's kind of the, the, the injury update from there. Um, Alejo Valiz, who was injured last week, is going to be out for a few months. No surgery required, but apparently has some significant ligament damage in his knee. Also awful, really shitty for him. He came on. He got hurt. He tried to. We, we all remember that from last week. Um, there's still no timeline on James Madison's return. He is not yet training with the club as of late last week before the game. Uh, during Angus Presser, he mentioned that. So we're still kind of in, in wait and see mode on James Madison. And then Christian Romero is still in the very early stages of his rehab. Not yet quite on the field, but there, there's a there's a little bit of a view to the um, to the end of that one, uh, hopefully. Any anywhere we need to go, anybody have a comment on any of the injuries before we kind of move this discussion? Where's Manor I, Solomon? That one I did. I did. I, I was listening to some stuff earlier. That one's getting closer as well. Probably still another week or two from from training, but it's getting close as well. Is that by the way? Is that one that you are remotely interested in, or do you think oh, Manor? Hundred so, like, No, everybody's okay. sleeping on everybody's sleeping on Manor Solomon. Everybody's sleeping on that guy. I am not. I know I just said I'm Andrew, but I'm also everybody. I am also sleep in the category of sleeping on manners. Well, it's just, I, it's, here's my thing is everybody's like, oh, sign a dribbly winger, sign a dribbly winger. And I'm like, we can sign a dribbly winger. Like, what do you want from us? Like, I, I just, he hasn't been healthy. Well, you but, know what, but, though, but, I, I liked the glimpse we got of Sessignon now that he's back from injury. It, he was very, very clearly rusty. He hasn't played football, and I, I don't. Know we didn't even, we didn't even really but, talk about Stesanya. You're right. Well, I, I do think he showed some promise and showed kind of how he can fit into the system. 
So I'm, I'm more excited I mean, about him coming back than Solomon by far. I, Sassignon showed promise in theory. And if I had a dollar for every time I said that shit. Mm-hmm. For, for everyone That's who doesn't fair. know, uh, yeah, for everyone who doesn't know, Sessignon's worst ability is his availability. Uh, that's, that's And I love people. Ryan Sessignon. I was one of the biggest yeah. Ryan Sessignon proponents coming in from full and going, oh, my God, the championship player of the season? Let's As go. And yeah. realistically, Ryan Sessignon in an Ange system with an inverted fullback on the left-hand side, like, I, I'm again, let's go. But – I think that he and Solomon offer two different things. Sessignon beats people for pace and physicality. Solomon is the quintessential dribbly winger. We'll see. What does Brian Heald do? Who? Yeah. And, uh, the only because... reason why I say that is because he goes back to Spain. Andrew, is, it's what he does. It could be, especially if some 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 things that are cooking, you know, make it to the plate, uh, as as they well, say. Well, I mean, you can't even say things that are cooking, dude. We can talk about it. There's been no. We're gonna. Ago. We're gonna. Let's. We're gonna. Let's. Let's get into it. Let's talk about transfers. And I don't. I don't mean to be dismissive of the Ryan Sessignon conversation before we before we actually get onto transfers. Like the Ryan Sessignon conversation for me has always been. I'll believe it when I see it. Like, and I, I want to see it. I want to see him be healthy and contribute. He just hasn't been able to, and it sucks. But if like I, me personally, I'm kind of sitting with Caroline on this one and I'm, I'd be more excited to see Ryan Sessignon have a long run in this team than Manor Solomon. But I, I want all these bodies to be back and I want Ange to have all the options as, as, as possible. And I feel bad because as I'm talking, I was, I was, I was talking about injuries and giving that update. I didn't even think about Ryan Sessignon and he fucking played the other night. Like, excuse me. Like I, I was baffled to see him on the pitch and I was like, wait, Ryan Sessignon's back all of a sudden. It was kind of wild. So yeah, I, that's, that's where I'm at with Ryan Sessignon. Um, let's get into transfers and here's how I kind of want to do this real quick. Uh, before we ca- talk about the big, the, the two big names that are, are incoming. I want to talk about some of the names that have come back from loan real quick that we're still kind of unsure about what, what, no. are, what are we doing? What are we doing with them? <laughs> no. What do you mean? No, no. And the other reason why I say no is because this is such a waste of a conversation. We know exactly what's going to happen with these players. They are, they are pieces uh, of collateral that need to be moved. They, they have no bearing on our team at all. Well, I, I I would disagree with one of those names, and I think with that name is Dane. Scar- I think it's Dame Scarlet. I think Dane Scarlet. You know, there was an Ange quote that said, "This is an opportunity to show what he can do," and I'm fine with seeing what Dane Scarlet can do. He's still super young. He's he's built himself up a little bit. He's gotten some decent experience in in you know. I think he was in League One at last check. Or no, maybe the championship. He he didn't get decent experience. That's the whole reason why he's back is that he was at Ipswich well, and Ipswich started winning, so he didn't play. That's for this for this most recent six months, and I agree with you, and that's why he's back. It was a bad loan, big deal. We get over it. But he's in the previous couple of seasons, he's gotten some experience playing some ball, and I think that it's an opportunity for him to get under Ange's wing here, and at least for the next few weeks, and see if we want to keep him around. If not, they'll find another loan for him, and that's fine too. Like there's nothing wrong. He's well... still so young. The only problem with that is that I don't think he can go out on another loan because he had already made an appearance for us in the League Cup in the first half of the season. So he's now cap tied, you know, to two different teams, and that that is the maximum. So well, that he's is not going to have any choice me. but to stick around. And 
hopefully get, like I said, some of those quality substitute minutes at the end of games when we don't want Sun running his legs off well, I, um, as we get to the business end of the season. So well, that's, that's kind especially of my with, Especially with the Alejo Valiz injury, because I think he was kind of serving that role. And now that he's out, now that's Dane Scarlett's role to step into. I think that's kind of the simple math there. Uh, the other, the other names, I, I think Sergio Reguilon, uh, TC. I think he falls right into the category you were talking about. He is asset that we will try to move on in some way, whether on a permanent. But yes, I, I would agree with that. Um, where I want to double click though is Jed Spence because that right. one is. I mean, literally, the report came out today that they were going to try to move him on to another loan. Like it's just fodder. Okay, but what's the fo- what is 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 Fodder, the the quotes from is it Daniel? Is it Fark or Farky? I don't. I never had no how to say his Farka. name. The quote. The the quote Farka. came back, which was they're going to try to move him on to another loan for a half a year. I think he's he is surplus to requirements. I don't really know how else to say it. Okay, but you're not listening to what I'm saying, TC. I'm talking about the quotes from his manager when he was at Leeds. Oh, you're talking about the fact that you know he's got to care and he's got to he's got to have the right attitude and he's got to dude. Yeah. This is all the things saying you're not the kind of attitude guy that we want. You're not you're not bringing the right type of things to the to the pitch every day. Yeah, I mean the unfortunate thing with Spence is that he's really never been been wanted. I hate using that word right by by his employer the only time he's really stood out was when he was on loan. And sometimes when a player comes in on loan, you're just kind of taking a punt on them. Right. And, and the punt worked out for that season at, at, at Middlesbrough when, when he was on loan from forest, if I'm not mistaken, switch uh, it. He was on loan to forest from, Middlesbrough. from Middlesbrough. Thank you. And that's, and, and by all accounts, he was phenomenal that season, but you know, before and after that stint, no manager has really seen a need to have him in the match day squad for whatever reason. So there's definitely something to that. I, I don't think it was like, you know, if for example, he just didn't feature at all under Conte, right. But now he was back in and around the first team, then you might point out the system or the manager or whatever, but it seems pretty evident to me that he's just not going to cut it. And maybe we'll find his, his, uh, his level, at a lower level, for lack of a better way of saying His it. level is abroad, in my opinion. And sure, I mean, you know, he, he played fairly well in France for for portions of his loan at, at uh, oh, where was he, at Rennes? Um, I think he was at Rennes. I think yeah, that's right. And, and I don't know, yeah, abroad might be a great shot, right? Be it, be it, be it uh, France, be it Portugal, potentially could see him in the Netherlands, but I don't think he's like Serie A or La Liga material in my opinion, or Bundesliga. Hmm. Yeah, and the well, sad thing is that, I, the... you know, even when we first signed him, he was kind of billed as a quote-unquote club signing and it was unclear how he really fit into the long-term plan, and I think that's because he, he really doesn't, and you never want to speculate too much about the sort of motivational side of things because we really don't know um however if this is now his third or so manager that's had questions about it i can't see Ange being the kind of manager who's going to want to you know devote time to developing a player who maybe doesn't have the right attitude 
for this kind of very collective based team that we're building. So I think it's just, we're not a good fit for him. Yeah. And to your point, I think we've had this conversation with other players too. I think when we, when we get myopic and look at football players themselves and what they're supposed to be doing, and then we get into the discussion of, Oh, do they not have the right attitude? Like, our minds naturally shift to like, oh, he's a shitty person or, oh, he's, you know, whatever. But that's far from what's being discussed here, right? I think some guys just don't want, potentially, right? This is all hypothetical, but some guys or gals just maybe don't want to give every single inch and facet of themselves to, to sport, right? I don't. That's why I'm 35 and not a, never was a professional athlete, right? Like, I decided I, I didn't want to, to give my life to, to athletics and – I think my point is maybe some guys get to the get to the level of a Jed Spence and say, God, I don't know if I want to give everything required to football to play in the Premier League. And that's perfectly okay. And I think that he's a fine guy and there's nothing wrong with that. But I just want to point out the distinction that like our minds naturally go to like thinking that he has like character issues or character flaws and maybe he just doesn't care enough. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that either. So. He, he could also just be one of those guys who's a bigger fish in a smaller pond rather than a smaller sure. fish in a big pond. Like that's, that, that could be it. Um, clearing out my notebook here before we talk about the, what we really wanted to talk about. Uh, Andrew was also quoted as saying, Ivan Perisic probably done playing for Spurs, which is not a surprise to anyone. It was just kind of confirmed. The, the club also did lock up the deal for Papsar last week through 2030, just like the Adogi deal. That's so fucking exciting, Andrew. It's so exciting. We're going to skip over that, and I... No, I'm not not skipping over it. Say what you want. I'm not going to skip over it. I think that that absolutely shapes our midfield for the next five to seven years. I think what that man brings to the table... I said this in the chat the other day, and I'm happy to put it out there in public. That goal that he scored, that was Pogba-esque. Just saying. It was so good. It was so good, dude. I And, you know, not a lot of people realize this, too, but Papsar will become a homegrown because he joined us so young, which is, like, yes. insane. He will become a, a, a homegrown Nuts. player. Like He played three no seasons at Mets. <laughs> it's pretty wild, man. It's pretty wild. It's really good stuff. And the other, the other injury update that I didn't really follow up on is – that he's fine. Like we, he, he got that injury scare last week too. He went, he went off to AFCON. Everything's fine. It was a, a total nothing. Well, I will say we'll, we'll, we'll see. That's what I'm going to say about that. He said every, you know, Bob Jonkle, everything's fine. La, da, da, da. We'll see you next week at AFCON. We'll see how much he plays in the first three games, Andrew. Fair, fair, fair. Um, all right. <laughs> Eric Dyer. Let's talk about Eric Dyer real quick. God. Eric Dyer is apparently, and, and and we're gonna have to talk to Caroline about this because Eric Dyer is apparently going to join her second favorite club, Bayern Munich, uh, and and by the blessing of one Harold Kane, um, Ange was asked after the Ben Davis injury if you know he's going to be able to afford to lose Eric Dyer, or how was, <laughs> how was it? Phrased? He basically, are you going to be able? To, you, and he basically said, "Yeah, we'll be all right." Uh, Eric Dyer is as good as gone. Um, Andrew was asked about Eric Dyer. This is the other quote. <laughs> he said, I think Eric is contracted to this football club and he's as much in charge of his own destiny as anyone else <laughs> when asked about Eric Dyer's status. Like, yikes. Um, have we finally seen the last of Eric Dyer, Caroline? Is he going to join Byron at this point? It seems 
It certainly sounds like it. And I, I keep asking myself why the universe is, is frowning upon me so much lately. I, I, I don't want any more connections between my two clubs. I feel like this is enough. Cut it off. No more. Um, it's, and nobody cares about this, you know, on a Spurs pod, but from a Byron perspective, I do not really get the move, frankly, unless it's as, you know, companionship for Harold. It's um, that's exactly what this is. Let's be honest. I, I genuinely think it might be also desperation because the sort of budget shortfall that Byron is in because of the Kane transfer. Um, they don't have a whole lot of options and they desperately do need bodies in defense. So it, it kind of is what it is. And Dyer was a cheap option. Um, He's a free option. Yeah. I just, I, I, I kind of wish he was someone else's problem and not still mine. That's so funny. Um, I, I honestly think this all, yes, it's, it's camaraderie for Harold and la da 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 and all those things. I, I 100% agree with that. Um, but also, I think that it has to do with the fact that the Bundesliga is a fucking farmer's league and Eric Dyer will actually have a lot of success there, respectfully. Respectfully, he says. He says respectfully as he drops the ball. I don't know, Todd. I'm, I'm just going to well, say. I'm, I would had... like to say, I would love to tell for you to tell me, first and foremost, who the uh, bottom four teams in the Bundesliga are. And then secondarily, um, how you think they would finish in the Premier League, because I'm going to tell you right now, is pretty fucking awful. Just saying. That that's a trick question Her- right now. Her- Harold Kane is going to score 50 <laughs> fucking league goals against all of those uh, Bavarian uh, wheat farmers. Caroline, respectfully, <laughs> what the fuck is going on? Hey, that's prime Bavarian wheat. Thank you very much. <laughs> respectfully. I love how I love how the word respectfully has been used repeatedly when this is just it's just it's that, silly business. And like here's the thing, there's a reason why Jermaine Boateng can get a fucking start in the Bundesliga. It's because it's terrible. Don't fucking talk don't to talk me. Don't talk to me about stuff. him right now. This is what I'm saying to you. They won a fucking Champions League with that clown. Come on. All right, Scott, where are you at with Eric Dyer, man? I know he's your boy. Oh, I mean, I guess you can just wish him the best and say thanks for for everything you've done for the memories, maybe. You but that like six pods ago, Scott. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, we've been thanking him for a couple of years, I guess, at this point. But um, I'll say what I always say: two of our best years in recent memory, Dyer was a big part of, and I, I appreciate him for that. Um, that was like six years ago. <laughs> that's what I got, man. That's kind of where we're at with Dyer, right? It, it's it's kind of a surprise that he's still around. He's and, in 24. Yeah, I mean, 14, 15, 15, 16, man, he was balling, right? But um, but those 15, 16, 16, 17, sorry. But those days are behind us, and I wish him all the best. I, he's not up to snuff, and be it in a, be it in a low-block defensive system or a, a high-flying offensive system, the past three seasons tell us he really can't do either of those things, and so it's it's probably time to to move on and find another level. And I don't say that in a way to to reignite the conversation of the level of the Bundesliga by any means. But I will say with confidence that the Premier League is the best league in the world, and it's probably time for him to not be in the Premier Premier League anymore if he wants <laughs> to to be uh, uh, you know, an important part of whoever he's playing for. So. 
that's the sad thing, isn't it? This should have happened many seasons ago, and yeah. we could have remembered him more fondly. Kind of honestly, the same like we talked about Hugo last week. You know, no, it's not close. It's not remotely close. Well, look, Dyer's I, I hate. Eric Dyer has been a fucking liability for the better part of his Tottenham Hotspur so career. Was he was a liability. No, no. <laughs> at the end, you say, no, no, no. You look at the last two years versus the eight prior when he saved our ass and had a higher, like, saved goals against average, whatever the fucking metric is. He kept us in more games than we should have been in than any other keeper in the world. That's my point. At no point in time. Has Eric Dyer ever been the fucking stalwart for Tottenham Hotspur? He has always, and I repeat, always been an also on the team. Now, has he had to start because of injuries? Yes. But was he ever the first first choice center back? Not on purpose. Was he ever the first choice center defensive midfielder? Not on purpose. And that's a tough situation. I do think you're forgetting, though, the – run up the to the getting top era? four under Conte. No, under Conte. Yeah. He was actually a very important player to that, you know, qualification period. So I let me ask you a simple question about that. Could you tell me what value Eric Dyer brought versus what value Davidson Sanchez brought in that same team? And the answer is I doubt it because if you look at the stats, it would say they're pretty much the exact same player. Where's Davidson Sanchez right now? Yeah. I I do kind of hate that my fondest memory of Eric Dyer will be him taking a mid-game shite in the League Cup against Chelsea. <laughs> like that will forever him running out of the tunnel like still like tying the drawstring on his shorts will forever make me giggle because I am perpetually a 13-year-old boy, but that is still really, really fucking funny, and I did enjoy it. Um, look, the Eric Dyer yeah, thing will probably not be finalized in, in, until Spurs bring in another center back because they, frankly, don't have any other ones. I guess Phillips is there, but they're not going to use him. They're not throwing they're him not in. They're not playing him. And, and now with this injury to Ben Davis, who knows? Maybe they need to bring in another one. We just don't know yet. But that kind of transitions us to the discussion about transfers in, and – all the scuttlebutt over the last week has that Spurs have been in heavy talks uh, for Radu Jagruzin. Uh, personal terms apparently agreed to, but haggling over a fee. Still positive momentum for this to be done within the next week, but probably not before the United match. Um, wh- where are we at? I mean, this is, I, I don't really, obviously, look, I'm not a one number one transfer guy, so I don't really know much, but. If it's a guy that Ange is giving the thumbs up to, I'm just in the camp of cool and like, let's check a box here, right? Yeah. He's a Romero backup that can ping it, essentially. I'm down. Can he? Can he I think he's he, pretty he... talented, man. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to serve Romero, but I do think he's going to come in and, and push push Romero and, and Vandeven. He's a, a, a Juventus youth product, um, very talented player who Juventus wanted to hold on to, but financially we're not able to and he ends up at genoa but his stats are fairly impressive um like transfer so i did a little bit of did a little bit of homework i would never do that oh shit let's otherwise. go let's yeah. go scotty read me your notes baby let's go I, that's I, good i think a couple things that are that are very impressive about him is that he's got 
over 100 and roughly 150 completed passes in the final third. So he's getting on the ball in the final third quite a bit, which is something that we're serious. We're obviously going to be looking for in a center back. Um, 236 forward passes, the 49 backwards passes. So he's always looking to progress the ball. And that stats, I don't know, can be muddy at times, right? Because often it is important for a center back to use his goalkeeper. So I'm not saying it's something that should never happen, but he's looking to progress the ball. 70% aerial due success, 60% ground duel success. So he's winning duels more than he's losing them. And that 70% in the air is super solid in my opinion. Um, and then 21 interceptions. So he's, he's, he's looking to, to win the ball back higher up the pitch. Regardless, I don't know what system they play down there. And, you know, I couldn't tell you, but um, like I said, his interceptions and his time spent on the ball in the final third is impressive. And, you know, I'm no expert, but I, I can deduce fairly confidently that those are two things that our statisticians are looking for when we're looking at bring, bringing people in. So, um, and, you know, I have seen him play and I think he's talented and the Juventus youth product who they wanted to hold on to and were not able to. And um, there's, there's something just something weird about that club. They're just, just, I mean, it's money, right? We all know that they're laundering money. I would imagine at this point, but Juventus is just giving away talent. There's there's no way that Benteker and Kulisewski would not be starting for that club right now. Like, not a chance. They're desperate for a center midfielder right now. They're desperate for depth on the wings. They're desperate for a center back. And we're about to take a third of those three pieces that they're desperate for right now. So I'm super stoked about it. Nice. Yeah, I, I think the shout about passes in the final third is actually important because that's something I think we miss when Romero is not playing. Yeah, And yeah, we, we talk so much about Romero missing too many games because of discipline, but actually he misses quite a bit through injury anyway. So, and we definitely need a backup and I, I've not seen this guy play in a game. The one sort of, you know, compilation that I watched, I felt like he was kind of a mixture of Romero's aggression and Mickey's pace. So that'll be an interesting dynamic to, to throw in next to one of them, I feel like. Um, but I, I hope it gets done. We just need we need a center back. And and if this guy is available, then let's go get him. I'm curious as to why Ashley Phillips isn't playing. I mean, obviously, Ange knows all, and so I'm not upset about the decision. But I'm curious as to why he's not playing. Um, <clears throat> I look at this situation and go, I think this signing works as long as Vandeman is healthy. Um, he has a tendency to play with the type of passion that Romero does. Um, so, I mean, that's clearly something to consider. I uh, all the way around, I, this stinks like Paratishi. I, I don't know what else to say about it. Uh, Juventus youth product playing for a, a, a side like Genoa or Atalanta, if you want to use the Cudi Romero perspective. Like maybe all along, he's been looking for these guys to play in tandem with one another. I, I, I don't know, man. Um, I feel confident in what Ange brings to the table in terms of his center back play. He doesn't ask them to do more than they need to do, uh, which is be able to defend running backwards. So a a as long as this guy can do that, I'm happy. You, you know, we got to, we got to pause on Paratici for a second too, because that guy is, I was going to say, 
he said cooks. stinks like Paratici. I want smells smells yeah. lovely it's like Paratici. Like, it's, like, like, it's like a, it's an absolute world class Michelin Italian kitchen when that man's cooking. I mean, look. Oh, one hundred percent. Look at our squad. Udogi. 100%. Yeah. I it's mean, nuts, man. But it's I, nuts. and we all know this, but for the listeners, right? Udogi, Pedro Poro, Popsar, Kulisevsky. Maybe Madison. We don't know, right? But if those first those first four guys are just absolutely Madison's always been Spurs, let's be honest. Yeah. Romero, right? That, Romero, Benziker, bro. Yeah, I'm I mean, telling I, you. But it's, yeah, it's I mean insane. six guys right there that are so crucial to our system. Kratichi brought in. Honestly, man, I think Kratichi was just he was just trying to get everyone sacked to get Ange in because he knew that Ange was perfect for the system. And Kratichi is still the mastermind behind everything that's happening at Tottenham right now. There's there's just there's no arguing this point, and we got to we got to show the love to Big Papa Paratici. Man, it speaks the truth. Uh, hey, and on Ashley Phillips, I, I'll just say I, I don't know why he's not playing either. But at times, if you're 18 and they don't want to send you out on loan because they want you in in their in in the building and in the system and learning the ways, like I'm okay with that too. If he's not ready yep. for this moment, but is still in the team and like there as like like a like a breaking case of emergency option, if he has to come onto the pitch, God forbid, there's like another Chelsea situation. Like I'm okay with that. Um, and you know if he's not ready to if, if, if Ange needs another option on top of 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 this guy Draguzin, um, I'm fine with that too because I think we need the depth. And I don't know if they'll be able to get that done in the next few weeks, but I would be completely open to adding two center backs in this window. I know that's a lot to ask for in a January where you're. Where also... are you going to find a second fucking center back? I know, man. I they're, know. They're, they don't grow on trees. Yeah, maybe on loan, maybe on a short-term loan, like just to yeah. get you through to the summer. I don't know. It's 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 something to think about if you're if you're listening higher ups. Um, what about Kelly from Bournemouth? I like it. That's all I got to say, but I like it. Um, I don't hate it. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not sure why they would give him up. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, do you honestly, think they're going to stay up right now? Oh yeah, Bournemouth is Bournemouth. I is, do, is but gonna, honestly. Bournemouth's owner, who also owns the Vegas Knights, was on uh, uh, Morning Footy two days ago, I believe, and the interview is incredibly impressive. Unfortunately, it was Alexis Laguner that that handled the interview, but trash bag. Yeah, but it was a good interview, and I got to give Alexis a lot of credit for the way he conducted the interview. But I can't remember the owner's name, but. They're not fucking around in Bournemouth right now. With the, I mean, they're about to build a new stadium. They've built a new training facility. They're they're going after a very specific type of player and manager, and they're looking to play on the front foot. This owner was going on and on about how you can't expect to to be relevant in the Premier League if you're not willing to play super aggressive, uh, risky attacking football, right? So I think Bournemouth is changing, and, and I'd be surprised if they're willing to give us Lloyd Kelly, although I think it'd be a great signing. Um and quick on Phillips too. I think the only thing, the biggest thing we got to remember is he's got like 15 senior appearances, like in, yeah, his, totally. in his life. Um, he, he at Birmingham City. Where was he at before this? I can't remember. Um, where double he check. Was. Blackburn. No. Yeah. Thank you. I think was that he, right? I think yeah, he was, he was Blackburn. Well done. You. The rubbers. Yep. He he, yes. he was in the youth system, and somebody got injured, and he has like 15 appearances, and then we signed him. So I think a lot way, of why we 14. signed him. I just looked. 14, 14 appearances yeah, yeah not no. very many it, like no way in 
no way in fuck I'm asking a guy with 14 senior appearances total to play in a Premier League dogfight at the top of the table. Because, as we've all heard before, you ask him to step into a match against anyone in the top eight, and he lays a stinker, like, that's going to fuck his head up for a while. And you just you can't you can't afford afford to do that. So I think he's a long ways away from being relevant. We need another center back in, in my opinion. Also, that could be Emerson Royale. Like he's actually been no, no, he's not been bad, man. He's not been bad. All right, he can be the fifth center back on our team. Let me let me mediate that. Let me mediate that real quick. Look, he he. I think he played pretty damn well on Friday, but that's the first time I've seen him look that good in that role. I don't rotated I think we all know that side. get out of here. Against he can be the rotated the fifth center back. He's fine as the fifth the center fifth back. One. The fifth yes, one. Yes, that's sure. what I'm saying. Like, just, I mean Romero okay. just a notch Ashley Phillips. Machine, ben Davies, Emerson Royale. Like that's fine. We're probably But again, fine. injuries and everything else like we we you know Romero's well, still not, not back. Got to stop yeah. that shit. I'll I'll let him I'll let him know. Uh, let's, let's talk Timo Werner. Um, this one came out of, like I, I said it earlier, this, I woke up, uh, what was it? Saturday morning or Friday morning to this rumor. I don't even remember at this point, the days are all running together with all these transfer rumors, but, uh, this was a, a jarring one. And I, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of want to go back to our Bundesliga expert over here first. Uh, Caroline, what's your, what's your impression on Timo Werner coming into this team? This, this is a deal that, like unlike the, the the center back, like I feel like this deal might be finalized by the time you're listening to this on Monday, because this feels like it has all the legs. It's a short term loan with an option to buy deal. Uh, oh, I thought it was done. It hasn't been announced uh, officially as we're recording, but I do think it is done. I think it's going to be announced on Monday. Is is the impression I have? Got it. Got it. Well, it it was shocking news to wake up to. I will say that dismaying. I might even say. I don't know y'all I feel guilty being so harsh about him because I always am at least I'm consistent um but he's the kind of player who he'll do something good and you'll think that you know he's turning over a new leaf and everything's going to be fine and then he turns around and does something so boneheaded that you're like what is your problem (laughs) Uh, that's the experience I've had watching him you know for the German national team, who I obviously support. Uh, He frustrates the hell out of me. So he's probably going to continue to do that on Spurs. At the same time, I think he can serve a purpose. I don't think that purpose is going to be scoring a lot of goals. I think that purpose is going to be causing problems for opposition defenses, uh, freeing up space for our players who actually can finish more consistently. Um, I think that's what he's going to have to to be utilized for, you know, just being part of that press that, you know. He, and the stats would team. say that he does a really, really good job at that specific thing. Which, which he does, yes. It's just, it's the finishing that really will make you tear your hair out at some point this season. Yeah, between him and Richie, I, I mean, goodness, when it comes to the finishing. But... When you actually look, Andrew, at, at the stats, like the stats, you you ready for complimentary? You ready for him? Hit me. I mean, I can give you the the, the numbers he had at Chelsea alone: eighty nine yeah. appearances, twenty three goals, twenty one assists in that time. Uh-huh. Um, so and won a direct, Champions you know, League, a, a club yep. World Cup, and a UEFA Super League or a Super Cup. Yeah, 
yeah. Uh, okay, Club World Cup, Super Cup. Yeah, they, yes. Uh, I, yeah, he's he won he's a fucking Champions League partner, and he scored the I know that. goal in the fucking Champions League. What are we talking about? Not. I mean, dude, he's. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. That was. That he was he sure did not. That was high. Yeah. Yeah. Which people forget, you know. What the but... hell? Yeah. No. He, Look, he's, uh, he he's... had the assist. Apologies. He's an accomplished player. I'm not like I'm not nearly as um, like I know what we saw of him at Chelsea was not good, um, and I also know that there's this narrative of like oh here comes Spurs grabbing another Chelsea reject. But like I don't know, man. If, what what, it's what a the short... fuck are you talking about? Tell me more about a Chelsea reject. The one other thing uh, I want to add to be like wait. a little more positive because I have been very negative is that. He really thrived in the Leipzig system where he had clear expectations and like fit into the system. So I think there is a chance that he will do much better at Spurs than he did at Chelsea where there was zero direction, zero cohesion, you know, just confusion all around. So it's, I don't think that we should necessarily judge him on his Chelsea experience. Like I said, the national team, is a whole other thing where, you know, he has a history of also being really frustrating. But, but he has a lot of goals. For the like a lot of goals. Like, and that's yeah, I, I think and this is a very low risk, in, high reward. Not move. in like big games. I, I would say that's the only thing, but anyway, he's not even been getting called up lately. So it's kind of a moot point. Yeah. What, what is the situation lately? I guess is the question. I mean, he, he provided an assist. In the German Super Cup, where uh, Leipzig beat Harold and, and the, uh, that other team, the situation lately for him is that he had a he had an adductor injury early in the season, which is he's not had ah. a good season because he's been coming back from injury. So that's that's been the, the more recent story, and obviously they're just probably ready to move on uh, for whatever reason. And I I don't know, man. I think this is it's a perfect low risk, high reward type of move for this club I in this that. position where they need a short-term option, and maybe he could be a, I don't know about long-term, but more than short-term option. Like, he could Plus, be a guy who's here to contribute and help out. I don't know. Yeah. I don't I don't hate the move. And honestly, I look at it like this. The type of production that he provided at Chelsea for a half-season loan and a potential option between 20 and 30 million euro to buy, like, I don't know where you find that type of striker in you know, with that much, with though that many Champions League goals, looking at the type of season we expect to have next year, I don't know where you find that for that price. We'll say it that way. I mean, you could quite literally see this guy in the starting eleven on on Sunday at United. Yeah. I mean, I think that's that's yeah. completely plausible. At least coming off the bench, uh, I do think that that's in the cards. So, I, I there can't, would be I can't something, you know, Andrew. There would be something very Spurs about uh, Timo Werner and Tottenham winning a trophy before Harry Kane. I'm just saying. Dude, honestly, though, this this signing for me tells me how good of a state the club is in because we can go on and on about missed chances and didn't live up to the hype, whatever, right? The stats at Chelsea, he put the ball in the back of the net. There's no way this dude's coming to back up Richarlison at Tottenham. If Ange is <laughs> there's no fucking way. Like we we've been the laughing stock of the league for God knows how long. Richarlison's been the laughing stock of of the the strikers across the Premier League for God knows how long. Not Jesus, willing, but anyway, sure. But he's he's willing to come be part of this uh, of this team. Like that just tells me 
how, how good of shape the club is in right now. And it's super exciting. I think it's a fucking awesome, awesome situation. I was, I slept in and Kat got up a couple hours before me for the listeners who don't know. Kat is my wife and bigger Spurs fan than I am. And the first thing I hear come out of her mouth when she hears me wrestling is we're signing Werner on loan. And I just, I sat up and I'm like, excuse me. Like, what did you just say? You're actually fucking with me. And, and I don't say that because I'm like, Oh my God, he's amazing. Like, are you fucking kidding me? We're signing Timo Werner. I was just like, wait, he's coming to Tottenham right now. That's super weird. And then it all started to click for me, like how good of an option it is. So I'm, I'm excited. I don't, I don't, you know, know how much he's going to play. I couldn't even begin to speculate as to what that looks like once everyone's back and healthy. Right. Um, but there's no way that having him in and around the, the setup is anything but super positive for the club right now. I hear you. And I really am trying to talk myself around to being excited about it. And, you know, if, if Timo getting his redemption arc is what it takes for us to get our first trophy and God knows how long, then that is a bargain I will accept. Especially for a Kai Havertz fan. Goodness. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, we'll see if he's in the lineup for United. That would be kind of cool, I think, in some ways. Uh, all, all You know, just everybody grabbing on the rope. So we'll see. Um, we do still have a lot to, to go over on the women's side of things because the, the women have been active, especially this week. Two new signings, one outgoing. Um, Caroline, let's start with the outgoing because we, we were talking about this a little bit before we started recording. Um, Shalina Zadorsky leaves on loan to go to West Ham and, and rejoin Rianne Skinner. Um, I don't think this is that surprising of a move, despite it might, it, it might sound a little strange, like, oh, a Spurs player is leaving to go to West Ham. But it, to me, this was just a move of Zadorsky wasn't really made for this new manager and this new system, and a move has finally come for her. She hasn't been playing, um, so there's no real reason. She obviously wants to go get football. Right. And I don't love that it's at West Ham, but I get it from her perspective. She's going to play under Rianne Skinner again, who she obviously had a really good, you know, working relationship with. And she needs minutes ahead of the Olympics, you know, so she can ensure that she's got that spot with Canada. So I totally understand it from that perspective. It was just a few weeks ago that she really started to get appearances this season, um, you know, because she was still coming back from injury and all of that. Uh, It's, yeah, it's, it's a bummer to see her go, but at the same time, you know, we were talking about men's players uh, who don't always know when it's their time to move on, and I think it's a, a good thing that she's recognized this is time. Um, you know, good for her, good for the team as well. So I, I wish her well, except for, you know, when we play West Ham, when she won't be able to play anyway. Yeah, well, fair enough. and on West Ham too, and I know, I know you all know this, I'm just kind of talking out loud here, but Anytime you have half a season before something really important happens, um, going on loan to a new league in a new country is super risky. I mean, there's always there's yeah. the, me- the mental adjustment that comes with that. And if you can stay in the city you've been in and the same flat you've been in, eating at the same restaurants you've been eating at with the same friends you've been seeing, like nothing really changes. And there's so much less of a risk in that loan working out and getting you a call up. Right. So, um yeah, I mean West Ham is shit, but I'm I'm not I'm not you know I'm not gonna and not that anyone on this pod is, but I'm not gonna beat her up about the decision to to go to an, an inner city rival right now. I think it's probably a good move for her, especially like Caroline said with Rianne being there. It just it makes too much sense. 
Yeah, I can't. Caroline, what about Caroline? What about these new two new signings? Um, I don't know much about Matilda Vinberg, um, but I have at least heard of of Charlie Grant. <laughs> um, you want to give us the scoop on on both these in, incomings? Well, they're both just really promising up and coming young talents. Uh, you know, already kind of starting to get established in their national teams. That would be Sweden and Australia, respectively. Um, Matilda Vinbear, especially, I am so excited to see because she prides herself on being a very physical player. And I feel like that is something that we definitely need to add um, to our winger arsenal because <laughs> we do have a few players who tend to, you know, blow over in a strong breeze at times. I won't name names, um, but yeah, I think she's going to be a really exciting addition. And Charlie Grant um, fills in that need that we had for a true left-sided defender, you know, that frees up Ash Neville to be elsewhere, whether that's on the right side of the defense, up in the attack where we love to see her. Uh, so from that perspective, I'm really just excited for us to have players who are suited to the positions they're going to play. Um, and like I said, they're young, so we got a lot of upside. Robert Villaham has talked about how he does not want to be doing so many loans. He wants us to be actually signing these young players and developing them for our team. Um, so this is in fitting with that mission. And I think they're, they're really going to um, be good culture fits as well. It seems like they, they already are starting to, to form good relationships, and they're just really excited to be at Tottenham. You know, they were getting offers from – top four teams and opted to come play at Tottenham under Villa Hom. So I think that says a lot about the club getting a lot more ambitious with the women's team. Finally, thank God. <laughs> Love that. Um, the last note I had in terms of, of news and transfer rumors and such is just that the club had reportedly rejected a move for Barbara Vitakova, which makes sense because she kind of entrenched herself as the number one keeper at this point, but the move was to an NWSL side. Um, I don't know if there's much news out of that other than it's good and obviously kind of firms up her place as the, the, the top keeper at this point. Um, but what other, what other news is there, um, that, that we've got on the women's side in terms of just transfer rumors as we kind of, they're, they're heading right back into this too next week as they've got their FA cup match and the winter break is, you know, very nearly over. Yeah, I, I did sort of see a very unconfirmed rumor that Asmita Ill could be leaving the club because one of our new signings appeared to be wearing Asmita's number in training. Or actually, I think it was in the friendly that they just had against um, Charlton. So that's a little disappointing as, you know, anyone who's listened to the pod for a while knows I'm a big Asmita Ill fan and really hoped that she would kick on, much like an Oliver Skip, you could say. <laughs> um so that'll be disappointing to see her go, but, you know, obviously wish her well as she does move on. And there was another player who we were linked with, and I'm trying to remember her name. I think it's Amanda Nilden. Uh, she's also Swedish, so you might be sensing a theme there. But there is a little bit of a theme building, yes. <laughs> yeah, she's currently playing at <laughs> Juventus, and I think she's had interest from other clubs as well. So I don't know if that one's like certain to happen, but... Um, it would definitely be be interesting. Uh, she's a center back, and obviously with Shalina leaving, we, we could use a little more depth in that position. So just we'll have to wait and see. Wait and see is well. Uh, as I mentioned, retraction 
uh, Sunday, as do the men. The women play Sheffield United at home in the FA Cup. Uh, the men away to Manchester United. So um, that this has been a, this has been a, a jam packed pod. I hope you got your fix of us uh, over the next week, as we kind of. It, I feel like this week finally feels like the first real week of the year for some reason. Like it feels like everybody's yeah, been slowly coming out of the holidays, and um, now that the FA Cup is rolling, and you know we've got transfers it it does kind of feel like we're in a in a groove here with with the spurs news so these pods might be a little bit longer over the course of the next few weeks as we try to digest it all and and uh, regurgitate our thoughts on it back to you all so thanks for bearing with us and uh thanks for listening uh be sure to follow us on the socials at tottenham depot uh all the instagram you know twitter uh we're on threads pretty much everywhere uh, and drop us a line if you need to at Tottenham Depot at gmail.com. That is the email. Uh, until next week, for Scott, for Caroline, for Todd, I have been your host, Andrew. It's been the Tottenham Depot podcast. As always, come on, you Spurs. <laughs>